If you'd please take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to the epistle of 1 John, the book of 1 John. I'd like to do something a little bit different this morning in Bible Hour. As we look to the morning message later, we'll be looking in 1 Peter chapter 4. But um, as you often hear me say, it's, it's hard to keep things in context, and so I want to keep 1 John chapter 4 in context, and I think it's very important for us to do that. And so I'd like for us to read through the book of 1 John here in Bible Hour, and we're going to mix in some songs with it as well and touch on just a few of the different highlights also and comment on a few of those as we go through this special book. One of the questions I'd like to answer later this morning in the morning service is regarding the relationship between justice and forgiveness. Justice and forgiveness. And it's really a, a rather difficult tension. And we're going to find this morning that First John answers for us how in the divine perspective there can be absolute justice and absolute complete forgiveness and how that's possible. And it's intriguing that it has to do much with the letter of First John. I'd like to make just a few comments before we begin reading here in First John of what the theme of this letter is all about. This letter is all about the relationship of the Christian with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, we are saved. And we ought to continue in fellowship with the Lord Jesus day by day. And in fact, if we are continuing in fellowship with the Lord Jesus, that is an open, clear, living relationship with Jesus, then we will have victory over sin. And we will have love in our lives. And we will keep God's commandments. And it has so much to do with what does our relationship look like with Jesus. When we find ourselves in trouble, when we find ourselves in sin, it's because something has broken down in that relationship. The fellowship, the closeness of that relationship, something is in the way. And we see that theme throughout this book. And there are many beautiful truths that we find in here. In fact, there's lots of memory verses from our different memory books we go through in family Bible time that come from 1 John. And it's interesting to see the verses around them and to see what the whole theme of this book is all about. So before we jump into it, let's bow in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit of God to teach us through the reading of this letter. Gracious God, dear Spirit of God, Lord Jesus, this morning we bow before you. We worship you. We long to see and to know you more. As we consider so often you long to come in and to dwell with us and to fellowship with us, you long for that to be continual. May it truly be that way. May you not stand at the door and knock long, but may our hearts be ready to open to you, to receive you in, and to have fellowship with you. Lord, I pray that you will bless the reading here of your word. I pray that we would be encouraged as your people 
for those who do not know you here this morning, that they would see the wonder of knowing you and might accept you. We seek you now as we pray in your name. Amen. Follow with me as I begin reading 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. A beautiful description of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one who is the word of life, the one who is everlasting life. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Again, here we see the description of the theme of the book, fellowship with God, fellowship with Jesus Christ. And in verse 4, we find a declaration as to what this book and why it was written. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. I'd like to make just one comment on this. Sometimes people have used the book of 1 John to guilt people. It's interesting that the writer of 1 John himself in his introduction says that he didn't write these things to guilt us. He wrote these things that our joy might be full as we have fellowship with God. Verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Would you take your hymnals and turn with us now to hymn number 391 and stand with me. The light of the world is Jesus, number 391. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. Thank you. 
as we continue in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Will you say together with me in unison, verse 9? If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. You saw in chapter 1, we had a declaration of why he was writing this letter, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that our joy might be full. He gives now another specific reason why he's writing this letter, that we sin not. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old one, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment write I unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness 
and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children. Look at this and follow up to verse 1. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that was from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If you take your Scripture songbooks and turn with us to number three, the Scripture song from this verse, Love Not the World. First John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father.
But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised unto us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. A description of the Holy Spirit's ministry in our hearts and lives. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are ye, are we, the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, the privilege of being a son of God, a child of God. Would you take your We're Singing books, which I hope all of you got those, and turn with me to number 95, number 95, I'm adopted. And let's stand together as we sing this one. seated as we continue. First John, 
at chapter 3. I'd like to reread the verses here at the beginning of this chapter regarding us as being the sons of God. It was interesting in looking for a song in this theme and looking at um, throughout the different songs relating to us as being the children of God or the sons of God. Many of them have to do with are written in encouraging us in not being fearful or afraid in times of trouble or problems or poverty. And it's interesting, though, as I looked here in 1 John and meditated on these verses, is that the focus and emphasis of action here in 1 John is not so much in that category as in comfort in times of trouble, but actually, watch closely when we come to it, come to it in verse 3. It tells us the significance of what difference it ought to make in our lives today, knowing that we are the, the children of God. But in order to this, we have to actually back, let's back up and reread again in 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 28, where the theme begins. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Ye know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, 
and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Could you take your um, scripture songbook again, and this time turn with us to number um, 37, here is love. I'd like for us just to sing the first verse, and then we'll read some more and read the second verse. chapter 3, verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love the world, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart to knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of the Son, of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And he that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. And hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given unto us. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, 
and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let me hold thy love accepting love John 4, 10, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Can you say that verse with me? 1 John 4, 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth 
is not made perfect in love. Say with me verse 19 together. We love him because he first loved us. Would you take your hymnals and turn to 311 and let us sing the chorus together, I love thee, Lord Jesus. First John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. That means that if you're a child of God, begotten of God, and are loved of God, you will also love others who are begotten of God, others who are children of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Take your hymns and turn with us to number 418. Faith is the victory. Shall veil the glowing skies against the foe in veils below. Let all our strength be held. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory.
recognize there in that last verse of that song a reference actually to the book of Revelation speaking to those who overcome. And sometimes I know at least for myself a long time I wondered what did it mean to be to overcome as it was given there in the book of Revelation. And oftentimes we have to not just look in one passage but compare scripture with scripture to understand what God is teaching. And when you're in Revelation it's very important not to forget that God also inspired John, who wrote Revelation, to write 1 John, and this description here of the overcomer is described. And though time is not taken in Revelation to explain how we overcome, John has had previously, and it is for us here, described to us what it means to overcome. For it tells us, 1 John 5, 4, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. This is an incredible truth to all of us. Do we witness? Do we tell people of God's love for them, of the hope that is in Christ Jesus? Do we witness of eternal life? Do you know that when people take our word for it and then they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they receive the Spirit of God who then is a witness <laughs> that makes our witness of, of nothing. And how important it is then for us in our words and in our witness to be sharing the word of God. And then how wonderful and precious it is to see in the lives of one who did not know God, who believes in God and then knows God, and the spirit of God moves in to see the spirit of God working in that life. I speak for myself now. The spirit of God working in my heart and spirit, the greater witness of what has been done, the greater witness of the life that's eternal. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself, and he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. 
And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Can you say with me in unison, verse 12? He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Whatsoever we ask, And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, pray, and he shall give him his life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that ye shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God. The whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children... Keep yourselves from idols. It is so important for us to recognize how great our sin is in the eyes of God. It is important for us to believe that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became a man like one of us. And he gave his life the propitiation. We're going to talk about that word later. A sacrifice to appease, satisfy justice, and remove God's wrath. And when we receive him, we then have an advocate with the Father that if we sin, we know that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins as we confess our sin to him. Our relationship can be restored. It's so important for us to see and know what sin is, and it's a big deal as you see this come but it's also this book was written for our joy. This book was written to those who know God, those who have received him. And when we find ourselves not in fellowship with God, we will find ourselves weak and prone to sin. When we find ourselves in fellowship with God, abiding in him and he in us, we, by faith, then overcome. We have the victory. And we have an assurance. I love here in chapter 5, the famous verse in 
chapter 5, verse 13. You know, the whole book has many descriptions. These things are written for this reason, this reason, this reason. We've seen some of those reasons. And here is, it's all coming together. He writes and he says, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. He's writing now to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm writing to you. And look what he says here. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. The next verse talks about a confidence, knowing you have eternal life. Many times, people, especially when they're sin, struggle with knowing they have eternal life. This verse isn't really so much about the question of eternal security. It's a question of encouragement not a question. It's a statement of encouragement. It's saying, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Then know that you have eternal life. And if you're struggling in it, what does it say? Look at how that verse begins and how it ends. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. He's acknowledging that you believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And you see how the verse then wraps up? That you may believe in the name of the Son of God. It's all about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. In our moments of doubt, in our moments of sin, in our moments of failure, in our moments of joy, in our moments of peace, it is always about having that vital living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That fellowship with Him results in a confidence. It results in a joy. It results in a blessed assurance. So take with me as we close up here this morning your hymnals and turn to 51 blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Lord of His
Our great and good God, we are so thankful for the blessed assurance we have in you. May it result in us day by day, moment by moment, walking in you, walking in your light and in your truth. May we have indeed fellowship with you. You stand always ready at the door, knocking. May we open and receive you that you may come in and have sweet fellowship with us day by day always that when sin, temptation comes knocking, we might, as we abide in you, have the faith to overcome. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will work in each of our hearts that we might know your love, know your goodness, and may all of you in your fullness flow through us. We praise you now. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.